Welcome to Boom Goddess Radio. I am one of three hosts. My name is Dr. Andrea Gould Marks, and I'm here with the delightful B.B. Peters and the lovely Jennifer Davis Page. And today we have a discussion about the healing nature of food. And we have with us our extreme health coach, Tim Darmetko, and we're going to be having a conversation about alternative healing. And let's get to it. Well, like very many of the human gemstones that we talk to during our interviews, Tim is a Tucson resident and practitioner of over 20 healing modalities. Tim is all about balance for the body, mind, and spirit. And we call him our extreme health guru because he recommends that we don't consume things like coffee, chocolate, lemon juice, and many other mouth-watering foods. We can't wait to find out why. Hello, Tim, and welcome to Boom Goddess Radio. Hi, ladies. Thanks for having me on. It's so fun to talk to you. So tell us, please, what is currently growing in your garden? What are you producing out there? Fruits, vegetables, fruit trees, what type of things are growing? So right now, I have um, three different fruit trees, um, uh, fig trees going. We have um, the panache fig, the brown Turkish fig, and the black mission fig, and they're all starting to fruit currently. We'll probably have figs in about a month or so. So tell us why figs. Figs are really good for you. Um, They help with, you know, a lot of things uh, in the body like fiber and lots of minerals. Um, They help to alkalize the body. And they taste good. They're really good. I'm a Louisiana girl, and I grew up where my grandfathers both had fig trees in the backyard. So I make a wonderful fig um, marinade and a fig jelly. And But I'm using lemon in mine um, tell me, and sugar. So I guess you're talking about figs right off the tree, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I actually... And like uh, the birds out there, we have to fight each other for the figs. I just stand <laughs> out there and eat them right off the tree. Right, so you have to stand guard before those birds start landing on the tree. Can you tell us a little bit more about the nourishing value? Are there minerals in figs that we just don't get in other things? Um, it's not so much that you don't get them in other things. It's just that they will tend to have a higher uh, potency of those minerals, certain ones. Um, exact minerals, I would have to, you know, look up specifically, but um, I've set up so that my eating habits include all of the minerals my body needs, so I don't have to worry about it too much or get too scientifical about it. I mean, at first you have to just to start learning and making sure you're getting what your body needs, but once you have your plants planted and the stores you buy from and your products, whatever you get, you, you know, you don't have to think about it anymore. You just eat the foods that are good for you. Right. So getting back to the fig, figs for a moment, you're, you're suggesting that we, we just eat them right uh, as nature gives them to us, right? 
Yeah, if you if you eat them off the tree, you're going to get more enzymes from them, and I believe more healing properties. Although, you know, cooking with them or uh, drying them is is okay too. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you'll get more out of a raw produce. So I guess that brings us to the next question. When we do, for instance, I do something called fig syrup, where I boil the figs, and this came to me from health guru on Staten Island. And I remember her saying something about the silica in the figs, but she did, um, because it's so sweet to drink after, after I would boil it, I would put it in the refrigerator for a while, and then we would add lemon juice, just like you were saying. And we know, Tim, that lemons are not on your acceptable list. Can you tell us a little bit why? Sure. Yeah, um, what we'd simply do is replace it with key lime. Uh, key limes tend to be much more healthier, um, in my opinion, and from my research, than lemons, which are much more acidic. Uh, so it comes down to a pH thing. Now, limes are also on the acid scale, but not as far as the lemons are. And key limes are more of a um, natural fruit, whereas lemons are more of a produced fruit by man through hybridization. What's the difference? Tim, I'm sorry, this is Jennifer. What's the difference between a key lime and a regular lime? Key limes are much smaller. Mm -hmm. They have more seeds and are easy to reproduce in their, in their environment, whereas um, the regular limes can be without seed, which is a totally man-made thing. So now the pH is off, the mineral balance is off, and um, I much prefer the key lime, the Mexican lime. Are they easy to find here in the Arizona area? Yes, they are. You can find them at um, what's the Southwest. Oh, not Southwest. It's called uh, Food City okay. and uh, Al Supra. And okay. then I've even found them at Sprouts um, and a couple other stores. But those are the main ones I uh, buy. Are them. they juicier? I find that a lot of the new limes that I pick up are just like... I can hardly squeeze any juice so out of true. them. And me being a little margarita goddess, okay, we know <laughs> we have our own boom goddess margaritas. Um, I find that, that you have to squeeze like two or three of them at times because the juice is just not there. Right. What's up with limes? So what about the key limes? Do they Are they juicy? Yes, if they're picked uh, when ripe, they're very juicy. And if you roll them with your hand or with something on the table first, they become more juicy. Like, it's easier to get the juice out of them. Well, that's very encouraging because figs by themselves can be so oversweet. And the um, citrus is so helpful in so many things. So, okay, we will ear yeah, more. But there's another but quality that I think I've heard you speak about in the past, and you mentioned it with the key lime, and that's about the seeds. You've told yeah. us that fruits and vegetables with seeds are way better, like, you know, the watermelons that we find these days, especially now is the beginning of watermelon yes. season. Lots of times you'll find in the grocery store that they um, are that they import a hybrid kind mm -hmm. that, that have been bred for having no seeds. So if you could comment on the seed issue. Well, uh, watermelons are a summer fruit that have a season, and since um, some people wanted them, year-round and to you know profit off of them which wasn't necessarily good for our health they started hybridizing them so that they wouldn't have seeds and plus
some people saw foods as an inconvenience, but fruits by design and by definition have foods and give life, or some cultures would call prana or, or chi or you know, biomagnetic electrical energy. So when you take the seeds out, you're taking the life out of the, the food. It cannot re reproduce itself. That's not a good thing in my eyes. And, and when the more I study it, the more I find it's not good for us either. A seeded watermelon is definitely different than a seedless watermelon. Yep. It's not just the seeds that are missing. That's great information. It's great information because it's definitely uncommon uncommon information, this business of seeds. Same with grapes. Grapes have a season as well, which is the fall. That's when we always got grapes throughout humanity, you know. And then now we have scientists that can do a lot of things, and some of it's not necessarily good, and some of it's great for us. It's all over the place. But to me, taking what nature provided or what God provided for us and changing it, our food, is that can have severe repercussions. So stay yeah, away from seedless grapes then, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I personally would never eat seedless grapes now that I know what I know about them. And that's, and, you know, yeah, it, raising awareness is so it important. It is so important. And yet, I have to say that it's more fun to eat things that don't have seeds in them, right? right. <laughs> but I know, but I also know that if I take a slice of watermelon with and without seeds, undoubtedly the one with seeds is going to be sweeter Absolutely. and juicier. Right, and yeah. tastes yeah. much better. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. This yeah, is absolutely. very, very useful information. Very. Tim. So uh, we're talking about like what the food provides to our bodies, right? So, um, do, so Tim, do you think that? So how do how do we get the healing properties from the food that we consume? What does it do to our bodies? Well, I think maybe we need to do it fruit by fruit or vegetable by vegetable, right? So let's let's come with one. Uh, absolutely um, very prevalent here is the avocado. Yes. What are the, could you rate the avocado in terms of its healing Don't properties? say anything bad about an avocado. Don't say anything bad. <laughs> We're going to get disappointed. Let's, let's offer up avocado on the operating table let's, here, Tim. Let's. Yeah, avocados are great for you. Yay! 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 <laughs> My stepson used yeah. to carry around his own personal avocado, even if we were going out to eat in a restaurant where there were no avocados, like a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> okay, so tell us more. So what do you think? Well, you know, avocados just have like the right kind of fats that the brain needs and the body needs in general. Like a lot of people are afraid of fat and they'll say things like, oh, isn't that avocado fattening? It's like you need fat to survive. We don't need processed fats and, you know, hydrogenated fats and bad fats, but there are very good fats, there are very good sugars, and people get confused often with the difference. So and that's the purpose avocado, of our conversation with you. Is it yeah. still, is the avocado still on your list if we turn it into guacamole? <laughs> yes, you just have to be careful what you're putting in there. So right. instead of garlic, you would have to use onion. Okay. Oh, yes, okay. yes. Bring us okay. to the subject. Okay. That brings us to the subject of garlic. Yeah, what's up with garlic, <laughs> man? The whole world lives on garlic. Don't say anything bad yeah. about garlic. But <laughs> well, he's about to. And, and, that one. And you know Avocados what? Avocados, I'm on your team. Garlic, I'm not, okay. unfortunately. Oh, okay. tell us about garlic. So, tell us about well, what's... First of all, there is a substitute where you mix onion, 
with um, ginger and scallions, not scallions, but uh, shallots to Ooh. make a garlic flavor. Thank God shallots are oh, acceptable. Yeah, yeah anything in the onion family is very acceptable that's, you know, a true onion. Um, green onions are fine as well. So what happens um, with but, garlic in our body? So garlic is extremely acidic. If you were to cut garlic and then yourself, that, that wound will have an extremely hard time to heal because of the acidicness of garlic. Hmm. So garlic has short-term benefits. Like it can absolutely help some people's arteries to clear of the plaque and the fat, but hmm. acid doesn't have a brain. It's not intelligent. It, it also eats away at your arteries as well. So it has benefits, but it also has things that are bad for you, mainly being the acidicness. Hmm. Let me ask you something about onion. A few weeks ago, I had a craving for raw onions. I don't know why. Wow. And I was Maybe putting... a little pregnant or something? Uh, I don't know. Let's hope not. Let's okay. hope not. Um, so tell me, and I was putting it on everything. I mean, I wasn't eating it like an apple. I was slicing it and putting it in my salads and, and everything. What was going on that I was having this craving for raw onions? Typically, cravings come from uh, mineral deficiency. So okay. it could have been a mineral that's in onions that you needed. Okay. But also, onions help to fight off parasites. There's so many benefits to onions that that is a very big X factor of why for you I'd have to see your blood test or whatever because in general, you might even just be craving it because okay. you know some people really like them. But I would my first guess would be a mineral that you were craving the minerals from it. And any color uh, that you uh, recommend of the onion, the white onion, all, the sweet onion, the red onion, what, anything specific? All of them are really good. Oh. Um, there's, no, there's no, like, they have different benefits. The red has benefits that the yellow doesn't and white, but they're all very similar in nature. Um, so, like, I find that the red ones, it's personal preference, I think, but, the red ones are better for me, raw, and the white ones are more for, you know, cooking. And like there's actual chef recommendations for what people should do with those different colors of onions. But I, I think it's more personal preference and, you know, trying it out yourself to see what you like. But I prefer the, the most is the red onions is what I buy the most. So we're, we're both relieved and a little bit dismayed, but we're learning that the acid or the acidic properties of lemons, for instance, and garlic are not so great for you as mm, it brings up a lot of other questions. So we're going to take a quick break, Tim, and we'll be right back. So, this is Boom Goddess Radio, and we're back with Tim Darmetko, our extreme health guru, and the lovely B.B. Peters, and the wonderful Jennifer Davis-Page, Andrea Gould here, and we're talking about the whys and wherefores of some of the common foods that we love. Now, we know already from the last um, segment that avocados are approved. Woohoo! <laughs> Happy about that. Too bad about the garlic, but there is hope because shallots and onions 
are acceptable. And, and ginger, right? The mixture and, oh, and of, of course, yes. and ginger. Right. And um, Tim, wondering about the, um, is it an old wives' tale that hot water and lemon juice every morning as a cleanse? I mean, legions of people believe in that. What's up with that? Well, it's definitely better than, you know, we'll just say coffee. <laughs> but um, again, key limes, I think, would do much better for you if you do the same thing. I think back in the day, lemons were of higher quality. And a lot of the old wives' tales, which most have been proven true, I follow most of the old wives' tales that science has agreed with. But again, produce back 100 years was vastly different than it is today. So, Tim, I have a question. So many people have digestive issues. It seems that, oh my gosh, every other person that we meet, including yours truly, I uh, have either heartburn or bloating. Um, are there foods that we are eating that are direct cause of that, possibly? And what are the foods that can help us cleanse our bodies of that? Well, um, the, the main thing comes down to me is that um, pH balance, alkalinity um, versus acidity. And uh, most of the foods I see people eating today and drinking today are extremely acidic. So um, there's ways of testing it through litmus paper and different devices, blood tests as well, um, to find out the different pH balances in your body to see if they're okay. Because that's what I do right off the bat is Immediately, I'm looking at what's the pH of a person, what's their minerals like, their imbalances. To me, these are like the most obvious things to look at scientifically um, to start with before you get into mysterious things. You know, so to me, the main thing is to um, pH even in plants. If it's off even a little bit, the plant can die. Mm -hmm. With us, we're a little more resilient. But eventually, if you're really acidic, it's like a breeding ground for disease. So in general, I look at most foods that I grew up on were very acidic in nature. And when I first learned about this, my test came out on the very extreme side of acidic. And I, I really felt horrible at that time in my life. Now my body's much higher in um, alkalinity. Yeah. So now... Um, I, my, I've never felt better in my life, and I'm 45 years old. Right. So the, the foods that are the biggest culprits in my understanding of this uh, pH balance are sugar, um, certain forms of wheat, and actual animal products. Does that yeah, jive? Grains with that are not approved, sugars, dairy products, fish. Um, sodas. Fish um, is not good? Yeah, no, it, it absolutely putrefies in your stomach, even though I'm a fisherman by trade in Boston and grew up fishing my whole life. I had a hard time with that one as well, but it is not necessarily our um, best choices of food. When you look at a chart of different animals like a herbivore, omnivore, carnivore, frugivore, we line up with the frugivore. Our, our digestive system is long like theirs. Their teeth are just like ours. The way we chew is the same. You look at a gorilla, for example, a big, strong, muscular animal, yeah. and he only eats leaves. He eats vegetables. 
So some people profit off of our decisions for food choices, and you can see those ones because they have lots of advertisements. I look at it this way, is if you need an advertisement for it, you probably don't really need it. Tim, tell our listeners um, typically what your your diet is like during the day. Let's start with breakfast, lunch, Good and dinner. Just yeah. tell us where you go in the morning and afternoon and for dinner in terms of food. Okay. Yeah, uh, so what I really like to do is start off my day with a all-fruit smoothie. Um, some of the fruits that, like the, the main base of the smoothie for me is mango juice that I, I, I really prefer biodynamic or organic or wild foods when I can find them. So I found that uh, biodynamic mango juice, I use that as the base, and then I use mixed berries, whether they're fresh or frozen, organic. And then um, boro or baby bananas, which are the true bananas that still have seeds. Now, these seeds you cannot feel. You can't tell that they're in there when you're eating them. But again, I believe these bananas have more minerals and better pH balance. So that's the base. From there, you can add acai berries and other fruits, soursop fruit. Um, but that's basically my breakfast and even sometimes up until lunch because I also practice trophology, which is the art of food combining. So I find that when you mix fruits with other foods, they do not digest well at all. Right. That goes along with certainly everything that I've learned about food combining. But of course, many people seem to think they need protein in their smoothies, and so there's whey protein, which is very acidic, and then there's pea protein. But it sounds like none of that is necessary in the way you do your smoothies. I mean, if you feel like you really need that, I, I suggest hemp. Hemp. You know, get a hemp protein. I find it way superior to pea protein or whey or anything like that. But, you know, I make my own hemp milk, and that has plenty of hemp in it. And, you know, the body's made out of 102 minerals. That's what the body needs. Um, I look at, you know, a rhinoceros and a mountain gorilla and a giant bull, and none of them eat meat. So they don't have protein deficiencies. One of the words that you used, I believe, is biodynamic. Is that yes, right? Biodynamic. What yeah. does that mean? That, so that's the standard of growing foods that I find to be higher than organic. It's, it's really? There's something higher than it. organic? Yeah, because organic has changed over the years, and you hear a lot of people talking about it, saying how, you know, sometimes they'll use the same chemicals. So a lot of times, depending on the farm, you're just getting less chemicals when it comes to organic. So there's different laws for different states. You have to really look into that. So I'd, I'd much rather have organic than conventional. Okay. You know, because all food was organic to begin with. You know, are, every... are, you, are you a vegetarian? Do you ever eat um, meat? I'm a, I'm a vegan primarily. Okay. Okay. So I don't even eat cheese or any animal product. Okay. But... I do have cheap moments in my life, and I feel that if you're eating right most of the time, then if you have a little piece of cake or whatever your little treat is on occasion, uh, then it's not that big of a deal. If your pH is okay, then you can afford a little acidity. Now, once you start on this path, if you ever do, you feel so good that you may not want to have those foods because then you can really feel what they do. When you're in an acidic state, 
you really can't tell what the acidic foods do and because you're already acidic. Right. So two two things. One, I want to get back to Jennifer's question about what you eat at different times of the day, but also to let our listeners know that you can measure your own pH. Um, you know, I'm sure Sprouts has it or Whole Foods has it. Yes. It's like a little yes, tab. Yes, Sprouts has it. Yeah. I just bought some litmus paper from Sprouts. Yeah, and you put it on your tongue and then it lights up. And if yeah, you're acidic... It- Go ahead, tell us. Well, also, you can do your urine, too, so you get the upper track and the lower track, which are different. With the same litmus? Yeah. No, no, use different paper. Yeah. (laughs) It comes in a big roll, so you just pull out as much as you need for it. Okay. That's very, it's very important to know, right? Because we're talking about pH. And I know the yeah. little sticks that you could just put on your tongue, but an entirely different kind of paper, you're saying, is used to test the urine. Interesting. Oh, well, you can you can do the stick as well, whatever oh. you can find. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. We're back. All right. So the second question is to go back to Jennifer's original question: was take us through the day, lunch, and then dinner. But a snack with a fruit smoothie, you might get a little hungry mid-morning. So what would you do if that happens? Here's the thing with that too: is I have now a more excessive amount of fruit juice, so I I I do not lack for hunger at all. And anytime I do, I drink more of it. But when I first started, when I was transitioning, um, I would have like one glass of juice and then I would get very hungry soon after. Well, as long as you give a little bit of time, fruits digest pretty quickly and you can have another good food choice, you know, pretty soon afterwards without any concern. But if you were to have that food choice first and then eat the fruits, that can cause fermentation and, and putrefaction. So my rule is always eat those fruits first. So now another food I would eat um, as an example, like pretty much I can give you a substitution for any type of food that you would want. Like I eat a vegan chicken and waffles dish, which is very good. And sometimes I'll have that for lunch or for dinner. Or I'll have pasta with, you know, a marinara sauce but it's slightly changed. Like my pasta is made out of only kumut. It has one uh, ingredient only. It doesn't have salt or water or anything else in it. And if you compare that to other pastas, it's pretty incredible, the difference. You know, and I also get ones made out of spelt and sometimes mixed with quinoa as well. That and pasta that you just talked about, spell that out for me because I didn't understand what it was. Tell me again. Sure. K-A-M. UT, which is an ancient grain wheat substance that that humans didn't mess with. And so Tim so wheat when today has much more gluten in it because we messed with it um, in in industry wise. You know, we made the, the kernels bigger and everything so we can make more money. Whereas Kamut is more natural the way it is, same with spout, same with teff. So when so when people who have a gluten sensitivity eat kamut, 
um, is is that I mean there's gluten sensitivity and there's celiac disease, but right. but when people eat camu with just a gluten sensitivity, how does that like in answer to Bibi's original question about bloating? Sometimes people who eat um, pasta or wheat products will get bloating, just similar to sugar will get bloating. Um, so how does camut digest? So um, what I find is, especially when it's any type of sensitivity or celiac, all the way up to celiac disease, um, everybody is very different. Some can take camut no problem and eat it, you know, in small amounts, but they can take it and they don't get any of that or spelt or test but some of them do so you have to start with a tiny amount to make sure it's okay for you but they definitely have less of the problems that the other grains have like this is the short list of the, the approved grains um, and when i say approved it's by what dr sebi did his studies on who's your uh, mentor we just want to mention yeah. dr sebi s-e-b-i s-e-b-i is, is your mentor for this extreme health digestive um, process. You mentioned another kind of pasta that I didn't I didn't hear clearly that was combined with quinoa. Quinoa. It was just quinoa? And spelt. Spelt? And spelt. Oh, spelt. Mm -hmm. Okay. Spelt. S-P-E-L-T. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And these are available on the internet, I'm pretty sure. Absolutely. And I even got them to hold, uh, to carry the Kermit pasta spirals at Natural Grocers on Broadway and Cold at the near the Michaels. Got it. Yes, got it. Um, okay, so that's it for. Okay, so you were going through your day, and you were saying if you get hungry in the morning, would you have more smoothie combination, or would you have a different fruit to um, get you through so the morning? It really depends on what I'm trying to accomplish or if I'm trying to accomplish anything like cleansing or building my body. Um, so if I'm trying to cleanse more, I'll have more juice. If I'm not, I'll, I'll start eating fruits after that. And again, when you first start having more fruits and vegetables, it's good to ease into it because they are very cleansing and you can get reactions like mucus coming up in your throat and headaches and stuff like that. So some people think it's they're allergic to it, but a lot of times they're just having too much too quick. Right. That's a whole nother subject, I guess, that we'll have yeah. you back to discuss is is the cleansing aspect. Okay, you mentioned you mentioned a for a vegan form of chicken and waffle. What is that yeah. about? So the, the chicken, I don't like anything that fake chicken made out of soy or anything like that. But this is just basically oyster mushrooms. And then you can use a flour of like garbanzo beans or kamut um, or any of the approved grains. Uh, and then an approved oil and it fries up. And I, I call it a fried mushroom. But a lot of people, because they miss chicken, this is a close similarity to it. Uh -huh. So they really enjoy it and like to call it. Uh, vegan chicken or fake chicken, I just see it as a fried mushroom. And portobellos work because portobellos are 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 chewy. When you know, even when yes. you saute them with with yes. with um, how about olive oils? Uh, let's talk about oils. Yeah, olive, so oil, olive oil is amazing for you. It just should never be cooked. Olive oil should never be cooked. Right. If you're cooking, yeah. 
what about avocado oil versus um, what's the other high flashpoint oil? I'm not thinking of the name of it. Grain. Avocado is amazing. Avocado oil. And then yep. there's another oil. Are we cooking with avocado oil or just drizzling over veggies and salad? Either one is fine. Okay. So the ones you cook with are grapeseed oil, grapeseed right. oil, hemp seed oil, mm -hmm. and avocado oil. Mm -hmm. The ones we use not cooked raw is the olive oil and coconut. Right. right. Well, let's just take a minute to, to uh, give our listeners uh, the opportunity to know that you're not just about our uh, food health and our body health, but you also offer services uh, along the line of massage therapy and other modalities. Um, what is, so uh, give us like the most frequent modalities that people ask for in the services that you offer. So most people ask for a massage because they don't know the other uh, types of therapies available. So they're basically just looking for help and massage is the key word for that. Um, but when people come and um, see what I offer, they usually tend to go more for the Asian modalities and also craniosacral therapy, I would say, is the most used. Craniosacral therapy is one of the most frequently used? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and what kinds of conditions or symptoms or feelings that somebody might have about their body would key you into a modality like you think cranial, cranial sacral would work for? There's a lot of different things. Um, you know, some people don't like um, deep touch at all and don't like to even be touched. So cranial sacral is a very, very gentle approach. Right, because so you're basically holding be the head. And well, look. it's a full body treatment. I can do it in your little toe as much as I could do it in your head because okay. you can do it whenever there's a synovial joint and synovial fluid and, and connective tissue, so the fascia. So um, some people really prefer craniosacral because not only does it work on the physical connections, it tends to work on the emotional connections as well to the point where we get these things called somato-emotional releases. So, some people are really into that because of the dual nature of it, where some people just really want their muscles worked on or they might be an athlete or something and they just want a, a typical massage or, or pressure point work done. Can you say a little something about the somato-emotional release? I think a lot of people, I mean, it's become more into the mainstream, but a lot of people don't know what that is. So just give us a little bit of a... A little bit of so, a description. Basically, the way I view it is that um, we retain emotions in our body. Like if you're in a car accident and you are really scared or angry, that, that emotion can get trapped into your tissue and, and even into the organs themselves. So um, when we do this craniosacral work, uh, sometimes people will have memories of things that have happened to them and um, a lot of times are able to come to a very big um, balance with them, so much so that like I've talked to some of my client therapists and they were really happy with what's happened um, just basically because the person was able to uh, release from a certain area in their body and then 
come to a realization in their head. You know, so like they're they're mentally able to handle something they probably weren't able to process in the past, and I think that's why the body stores it that way until you get to a place where you can deal with it. Right. So they might start to weep for a few minutes. Just yeah, they they let you know that they've made that connection. Yeah. Well, so, so sometimes they'll really be in their feelings for you know, a few minutes, and then afterwards they'll say something like, I feel like a big weight is off my shoulders, or mm. I just feel better now, you know. Mm. So, Tim, uh, please share, what is the best, where is the best place to find out more information about what you offer, and how would people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Um, my website is ChiMassageTucson.com, um, but if you have a Facebook account, the same name, Chi Massage Tucson, um, that's where I put more information on food at, primarily. So you can like the page on Facebook, and there's pretty much endless amounts of information on the stuff I'm talking about. How about spelling that out for our listeners, Tim? Sure. C-H-I space M-A-S-S-A-G-E. Space Tucson, T-U-C-S-O-N. And that would be your um, Facebook page? Yeah. Okay. And what about your website? It's the same one, chimassagetucson.com. Okay. C-H-I-massagetucson.com. But in that case, there's no spaces. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And do you prefer to be contacted via email from those sites or via a phone call or text? Uh, what's your preference? Um, I get an awful lot of phone calls a day, so I would say that's the best way to do it or text. Uh, my emails are, I get them in the thousands, so it's really hard for me to get to those. Okay. Um, so I would suggest um, texting or calling. And if, if they text, what number, please? 520-342-7680. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you. Well, Tim, this was our sincere pleasure to catch up with you again. I know that you are a travel man. You were just in Boston about two weeks ago, and now you're back in Tucson. I can't wait for us to come and have a little tour of what's growing in your garden and taste those delicious figs that we were talking about at the beginning of the show um, but thank you so much for being our guest and we look forward to sharing your amazing amount of information with our listeners in the future thank you so Thanks much for having Tim. me on and it was always a pleasure it was a pleasure take care of yourself have a good one you guys you Thanks. We're back. We're here with Boom Goddess Radio team. So we have, in addition to our wonderful regular co-hosts, B.B. Peters and Jennifer Davis-Page, we have our production assistant, Amy Pack, and we are picking up the conversation that we just had with Tim Darmetko 
our extreme health guru. How are you feeling, ladies? There's a lot of restrictions about this. And we, it seems like we always find out something new. Like, Amy, did you know that lemon isn't so great for us and garlic isn't so great for us? No, and I'm a little bummed about the garlic thing because I like my garlic. I'm very bummed about it because a little olive oil and garlic and lemon... There's nothing better as far as I'm concerned. Well, at mm. least, though, we do have some substitutes. At least he mentioned my all-time favorite shallots. Because shallots, I think, I thought, somewhere are like a mixture, taste-wise, of garlic and onions. So I've been using shallots. And people are saying about what I'm cooking, wow, there's something about when you made the chicken soup, mm -hmm. and I actually put it in the chicken soup. Instead of garlic. It does have a different flavor than yeah. an onion or yeah. a garlic. It really yeah. does. Slightly different. Mm -hmm. So they're my new best friend. But I think the other piece that I think was so encouraging was about the key limes. And how juicy are they are and how healthier they, uh, mm -hmm. they are for but they're us. But not, they're not healthy if you put them in a pie. <laughs> if you put them in the pie, like in key a pie, lime pie. No, but oh, we have yes. to make a certain. So here now, I'm thinking putting together two, two, and two. I don't know about the crust, but I would say probably nuts. We didn't ask him about nuts this time, but if we made a crust, let's just say, let's use our imaginations, a walnut crust or a pecan crust, right? And then we do the key lime. You know how to do the key lime, right? So yes. you do the key lime with what? Forget about the sugar for a moment. Just for a moment, forget about the sugar. What well, would how you? How can we forget about the sugar? Okay. we're talking about. All right. The so what if we purify some figs, <laughs> and we add that into the mixture of what? What are we mixing? Of up? the lime, the key lime part. Key but we're not making a key lime. You're not trying to make a substitute for key lime pie, I am, are you? I am, I am. Okay. Let's just go along. Oh. Right. Just like fantasy. All right. Okay. I'll play along. Okay, good. So th I'm thinking that the cream part mm -hmm. that you often have, mm -hmm. we could use coconut because coconut is an approved uh, fruit on, on Tim's list. So I've been whipping up extreme coconut cream. I have been. And is it uh, called that at the grocery store? Extreme coconut cream? Or? No, it's called it's native forest and it's called coconut cream. Okay. Heavy coconut cream. Maybe. Okay. It's not coconut milk and it's not just regular coconut milk. It's it's coconut cream. And I learned this with the whole 30. And so with a beater, first of all, you keep it in the refrigerator, right? And then you open up the can and you scoop out the hard part. So picture solidified coconut, right? S I retain sometimes a little bit of the milk that's still there, but um, I've learned how to perfect this. So I open that up, and I put two little cans in, and I whip it with a beater, you know, like an old-fashioned beater. And, of course, you know, the more you beat it, the more fluffy it becomes. Instead of sugar, I add vanilla. Now, he may not approve of that. Um, but Trader Joe's has vanilla, um, just vanilla, you know, that you put Bean, in a cake. Are you, are you lo you're looking at the liquid extract? Extract, the extract, okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it has no alcohol in it. Most, most um, vanilla has alcohol, mm -hmm. but Trader Joe's makes an alcohol-free, okay. okay, vanilla. So you put that in together, and you whip it up, and it becomes thick, like whipped cream, 
and I put it in the refrigerator for a little while. And usually for dessert, I'll just have that over berries, which I'm sure he approves of. But back to the, key, the fantasy key lime pie. So that would be the bottom part. So the crust would be nuts, crushed, right? The cream would be coconut. And I'll do a demonstration for Facebook. We'll put it on our Facebook <laughs> yes, page. Yes, we must. But the key lime, I don't know how to, isn't it sort of a gelatin-like key lime? The no, top? my key lime pie is a creamy because I don't like the consistency <gasps> of the gelatin. So I'm, cre but there is nothing in my key lime pie that Tim would ever approve Okay, so of. just go to the fantasy with us for a I'm moment, there. right? Because I'm there with you. <laughs> with the fantasy. So let's, with the coconut, mm -hmm. let's mix in key lime. Okay. Key lime, key lime juice. Yeah, yeah. key lime okay, juice right. or, you know, I mean, I would need you by my side to know how much to mix it, but we've got the cream. I've made the cream. Okay. You add in the key lime. Mm -hmm. We layer it over the crust. nuts, mm -hmm. which is the crust. Right. It's not a baked thing. No, you're going to have it in the refrigerator for a little while, though. Right. R so and that's good for the coconut cream anyway. Right. We're done. Right. And BB and I will bring margaritas. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, with key lime. Absolutely. Key lime I like juice. this idea, I Jennifer. You just really invented a whole new dessert. No, you just invented because my key lime, I think perhaps what we should do, I think we should make your key lime. Oh, and your key and lime. And then I'll make my oh. key lime pie. What and an then experiment. we'll do a blind taste test. How about that? <laughs> I'm sure test. that yours would get chosen, <laughs> but it depends what you get used to. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right? So right. for people who are looking like, like Tim said, to transition. To transition. Right? You know it's my to favorite topic. We might have to transition into my favorite topic in a little bit. Right. But when we transition into veganhood, is there such a thing? Veganhood? Sure. Yeah. He's a vegan, right? Uh-huh. He's like the Robin Hood of vegans. Yes. So we'll call him a vegan hood. Yes. So as we transition <laughs> into vegan hood, it's all about substitutions. And it's all about, like anything else, getting our taste buds used to the new stuff. And like he said, once you start feeling really good in your body, That's what it is. ultimately you don't miss it as much. Like I all think Tim will probably better. only live one weekend longer than me. <laughs> but I'm gonna, in the end. I'm gonna have a better time. Um, it's all about feeling better. But I'm thinking that I don't have, I don't want to be a vegan. But I think that a couple of days a week you can transition. You can do your your veggie Monday, you know, or a, a vegan Tuesday. You know, I don't think that you have to have this. Well, for me, I'm just saying for me, I don't think that that that's something that I'd want to do. Because I still do like turkey burgers and I still like grilled chicken and that kind of thing. Right. So, but I think if, if you if you do it a couple of times a week, it might be better for you. Amy, so how do you manage your uh, food and your health with all the beautiful garden things that you have? Like, how do you use what you grow to fuel your body and your uh, and your family's bodies? Well, the neatest thing, I think, and I made this salad for Dr. Andrea a couple of weeks ago, and it, it just happened to be that special time of year when everything that was in the garden I could kind of use right then, and so I was It was out. a blessed harvest time. It was at, yes. yes, it was a blessed harvest time, 
and I had a bunch of kale and I thought, well, I should make a kale salad for us. Oh, look, there's some strawberries or I'm sorry, not strawberries, tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> they do look alike. I'm, <laughs> so, I'm thinking of key lime and now I'm getting hungry. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay. Tomatoes. So we had kale and tomatoes. And then I also keep chickens and I thought, well, we need a little protein for this salad. And so I got some eggs and I hard boiled them. And it was just this wonderful salad that I was able to pull together. I got some herbs out of the garden mm. and everything in the salad had come from the backyard. And I just love it when it comes together like that. And I've told my boys who are all now teenagers, I can tell them, go out and pick a bay leaf off of the plant because I need this for the stew or go go get me some rosemary out of the garden and now after reminding them and reminding them which one which one's the rosemary which one's the basil which one's it's in the blue pot okay all right so I've really felt like giving them the gift of knowing that they can go out there and get things and grow things that are healthy and nutritious and recognize that those things can come right from their own backyard and they can have a hand in preparing the meals. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's yeah, wonderful. that's the other thing. Um, I'm still going to Whole Foods, okay? Right. I, I like your idea, <laughs> but you know I'm never going to get there, so I'm just still going to Whole Foods. Baby steps. We're baby talking steps, about baby steps, So right? I have a question about harvesting from your own garden. So do you rinse everything off once you pull it in from the garden? I do. I do. Our yard is fairly dusty mm. here in tucson mm. That's true. um so and there's also when it does rain there's acid rain right 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 so yeah right so now, just just i absolutely will be caught out there in the tomato garden just eating them right off the to. vine Me just to. with Anywhere. juice dripping down your chin that's the best thing yeah but in general i rinse everything yeah, no, that's really important to rinse everything. I know a lot of people who harvest from their garden think that, okay, I didn't spray it, I didn't do anything to it. But particularly in the dusty environment that we have, or in any rainy environment, there really is still, you know, the issue of acid rain. But there's probably nothing more delicious than a homegrown tomato. You're going to have to take a, a picture of your garden so that we can put it on uh, on our page so that people, because we've had a show and you've talked about your garden and, and how you grow things, and perhaps we should have a picture so people can see how beautiful it is. Okay, Absolutely. So, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back. We're here with Broom Goddess Radio Team. I wanted to show you something, and I'll describe it to our listeners. I was at Baggins the other day mm. picking up a sandwich, and in front of one of the doors, there was a tomato, a beautiful tomato bush, literally growing out of the cement. 
I could not believe this. This was not in a pot. This was out of the cement alongside the front entrance. And it, I had to take a picture of it. We'll post it on our Facebook page. But how is that possible? I, I did not pick any tomatoes off of that plant because I didn't know how much car fumes was going <laughs> by it. But, but you know something? That is, um, it's always intriguing for instance, dandelions grow along right. the side of the road. Right. And right. I used to wonder about that as well, how strong the DNA of those plants would have to be and wondering about the relationship between dandelion root and we should ask, we could ask Tim about dandelion root. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's, oh, we're looking at the Because dandelion here. greens as well are often featured in salads. And tea. Um, teas. Yeah. They can be cooked like uh, collard greens mm -hmm. or, and the root also can be used in vitamins for right. different It's very healing. Issues, I don't right? have my directory in front of me, but dandelion right. leaves and dandelion root, I think, are really healing in terms of, of tea. You so know, Sometimes when you hear stories about um, hikers that have gotten off the track and they're, they're lost for, for hours or days at a time, and they've been, when, when interviewers ask them how did they survive, you know, and they often say they just ate whatever they could find off of the land and survived it. And Tim was talking about the gorillas, right? We see it. Ellen DeGeneres has this fund to save gorillas, right? And it's a master huge project in, I believe, Uganda. And uh, you see them just pulling the branches and pulling the leaves off. Mm -hmm. And look how strong and muscle-bound they are. And they're not eating protein, right, at all. Right. The whole protein thing is very interesting. It's we need very Because then there's the whole... Um, diet that's based on blood type mm -hmm. and i forget the name of the author but we can put it in in our show notes but the the whole thing with that is that type o blood does anybody here have type o blood does it, does everybody know their blood type yes i do maybe i'm o i just don't remember it and you i'm b positive and you i don't know okay <laughs> and i'm o Okay. Maybe it's a European Maybe it's a European thing. thing. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. But the, the necessity to eat meat is always stressed. Mm -hmm. And in the blood type diet, there's lots. And, and bees tend to be vegetarians, mm -hmm. I think. But then there's AB. But again, you know, for our listeners, it's an inter it's interesting. Oh, blood type B, not the bees that fly around and and pollinate oh, our no. flowers. Oh no, 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 no. Let's okay. not be confused, because right? Rich. <laughs> right, right, right. Blood type B. Okay. Um, but O was definitely meat eaters, and so that's very interesting to me. But he did say that we can get protein from hemp milk and hemp powder. And I just want to go back to the salad. And broccoli has a lot of protein. Broccoli has more protein than red meat. FYI. Did you know this? No, I didn't know I that. did yes. not know that. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. yes. Google it. All right. Yeah. We'll Google it. And Amy, you used to have a goat. Did I you did. make goat cheese? I did not. She was a tiny little goat. Oh. So she would have to like stand up on a table and you'd kind of have to get way underneath her to, to, milk, to her? milk her. And she had never been mated, so she never lactated. Um, but... You know, who knows in the future? Well, maybe do you had at your house. Well, <laughs> goodness. 
Well, you know, she's got acres yes. of land, and therefore, she's got a lot of space. I had some vegetarian friends years ago when we were all getting pregnant, and all the doctors suggested during their pregnancy that they ate meat. They could not, he, they did not want them on a vegetarian diet during their pregnancy. That was years back. That was years back. So that was a lot of years back, maybe. (laughs) So that may have changed. Things have changed, maybe by now. Yes, and I remember um, some friends recommended how useful it was to drink a glass of wine while nursing. That 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 has changed. Yeah, that has (laughs) changed. Right, no wine during pregnancy anymore. Right. Well, the food thing, right, is an amazing topic, and uh, we can talk about it for a long time. And we will. And we will, for sure, forever. Uh, I want to just touch base on a product that Dr. Andrea introduced me to, and that's ghee. And um, G-H-E-E. G-H-E-E. And uh, I have to say, it was my first attempt at using it, and I like the consistency of it and how it's how spreadable it is, and you don't have to refrigerate it, but I do miss that butter taste. You know, that little butter mm-hmm. on a piece of bread? So or is this a substitute for butter on your... Well, it's so real butter. It just has all the butter fat skimmed off. Right. And in the Ayurvedic diet... 25. Okay, well, next time we'll have somebody on the show talking about stress, and then we'll see what mediates longevity, because stress is probably the largest um, factor in all of dis-ease. So we definitely have some of that coming up. We have the possibility of a couple of um, Nova Centarians, right? People, I made that up. People in their nineties and hundreds uh, that yes, we hope to have on during the summer. Interview. And I'm going to do some research on the blue zone because there's blue zones all over the world, and those people always live to be over a hundred years old. Now, no. what are they eating? No need to research. I have the whole podcast already planned out. Okay, let's that very okay. same topic. All right, that's great. <laughs> right. But great. let's just talk a little bit about what's coming up for the Boom Goddesses, right? Well. On June 13th, it's like we are producing and featuring you, Dr. Andrea Gould, um, in an amazing, truly fascinating and nourishing event. It's called You Reimagined. And for anyone going through a transition or going through a change, whether it's relationship, health-related, or any other kind of change, relocation, please join us. June 13th, go to our website and click on events, boom goddess slash events, and you will find all the information necessary. This has been a wonderful show. Thank you so much. Amy, for joining us at the end of it. And thank you all for joining Boom Goddess Radio. And have a pleasant day. And click subscribe. For more information, visit our website, boomgoddessradio.com. And follow us on Facebook, Boom Goddess. We'd love to hear from you. Your interest powers our programs.